Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Welcome to October. We're certainly uh, right in the swing of the fall. We've got a major election coming up in just about 30 days. You're going to hear a lot more attention about that issue. Some really great updates I want to bring you to on really some breaking news. A major court decision earlier today that our attorney general was involved in. I'll talk about that in the second segment. Um, a lot to look forward, though, as we get into the heart of the fall. We look at the elections. We look at the state legislative session coming up in January. Our staff took two days to meet to have a retreat earlier this week. I can't wait to tell you some of the stuff we're going to be doing in the short term and also in the long term as Texas Values continues its celebration of our 10 years with our 10th anniversary as we started in 2012. But we've got a great guest today on one of the most important issues that we've been talking about this year and we'll continue to talk about as we go throughout this year and definitely into the elections. Kristen Hawkins is our guest today for the Texas Values Report. She is the president of Students for Life of America, also Students for Life Action. These are the largest student-led, student-involved, student-focused organizations that work on the pro-life issue throughout the country. And Kristen's been a part of our work. We've um, had her at different events. As a matter of fact, one of her colleagues, Sarah Zar, was a part of our policy event just a couple of weeks ago. Kristen, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Thanks for having me today. Well, we're glad that we could catch you. I know you've got a busy schedule. And if people are watching on Facebook, on social media, let's get that uh, video shared. Let's get it into some groups and some chats and all that good stuff. Let's drive up the um, the, the audience here because we've got some important information to cover. And, you know, Kristen has been a part of some of our events. She is a graduate of Bethany College. She's a, a proud mom of four kids, as I was joking with her earlier. Her husband's name is Jonathan. That's a great name. You know, we got two Jonathans in our office, but it's good to get to know people over the years. We've been able to spend some time together. You know, I've got a family as well. So, so many people do in this part of this work. And, you know, but we're in the middle of an important time. And, and so it's it's been a busy year for all of us mm -hmm. for good reason. And I think probably one of the most important years ever for the pro-life movement with the overturn of Roe versus Wade. But our work's not done. I mean, there's a lot of activity going on. Tell us a little bit about some of the things that you and your team at Students for Life are focusing on right now. Yeah, we're we're focusing on having conversations with those most directly targeted by the abortion industry. There is a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of fear mongering going on since the fall of, of Roe versus Wade, especially with young people who have never lived in an America without without legal abortion, without Roe. So our goal this year is to have a million conversations online and in person with Gen Z. Uh, and so we are on campuses. I was on campus earlier this week at Ohio State and University of Cincinnati. We're going to be hitting 200 campuses this fall with our abortion is not right tour. I'm speaking at next week at Harvard and Yale on my make abortion illegal again tour. Um, we've, we have our vote pro-life first campaign that's launching um, in key states uh, where we've got very important elections that'll determine whether or not there's pro-life leadership on Capitol Hill in the majority or not. Uh, and then we're also you know, having online conversations with young people who are gonna be voting, some of them for the very first time uh, about abortion um, uh, and, and when it comes to these midterm elections. Yeah, now look, it's an important year as we move into the second half of the year. And, and to your yeah. point, we're seeing a lot of people that are involved 
in the pro-life abortion conversation, if you will, that have never been involved in it before. They probably didn't feel like they had to think about it, or maybe they heard about it. The Supreme Court spoken. And so there are a lot of things that are coming up that you and I, I mean, you've been involved in this work for probably close to two decades, myself as well, where we're like, wait a minute, that's not an issue. You know, we, that's something that was talked about 10 years ago. That's, that's yeah. a myth that's been disproven. But now that you've got more people that are part of the conversation, they're pulling up some of this old stuff. There's some new things that are, people are saying. And so, but I think there's value to responding to that, letting people know, okay, actually, here's the truth about this issue. Here's how these mm-hmm. issues work. And, and so I'm glad that you're doing that, but, but we also see some things that are encouraging as well, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of optimism and, and excitement. Speaking of Ohio, I saw they had a wonderful pro-life event. I believe it was yesterday or the day before yep. thousands of people turning out. Um, and and, and you sort of wonder what are those pro-life <laughs> marches going to look like? What's that? Yeah. I mean, it was, and it was young people at the front. If you yeah. saw the, the pictures from the Ohio March for Life yesterday, it was young people holding pro-life generation signs. Um, it is not the, the narrative that the media likes to, how they like to frame our movement is not uh, truthful. Um, and, it's, and it's young people leading the charge and who are excited and, and motivated now more than ever before. Now look, and, and I want people to understand this for a second, okay? The overturning of Roe versus Wade did not mean that throughout the country in every state and in every territory, abortion is illegal. That's not what happened. The Supreme Court simply said, we're not involved in this decision anymore, and it's not a constitutional right to have an abortion. So the states can decide how they want to handle it, but we're no longer the ones that are deciding it, and we're overturning the case that said we're the ones with the power and have decided it's a right to abortion. Now, for states like Texas and other states who already had laws in place or had laws designed to go into effect shortly after such an overturning of Roe versus Wade, abortion is illegal in our state. That doesn't mean we don't have any other work to do, but particularly in other states, now this issue is I mean, it could go a different way. The state legislature for Texas meets in January. I don't think there's any chance of them overturning any of our pro-life laws. But the the ability for this issue to move one way or another is now at the state level and in some places at the local level. So it it um the you the Roe versus Wade being overturned is an enormous, one of the most important decisions ever. But it didn't settle the abortion okay. issue to where okay. now there's nothing that's gonna happen on it. And I'm sure that's some of you know, the reason why you're going around the country so people have the information they need while these decisions are uh, in front of them. You're absolutely right. I mean, and, and, the, and the Supreme Court and the Dobbs decision said this isn't our issue. We're not legislators. Uh, those who are elected to make law, this is their issue. So this is a federal issue. It's a state issue and it's a local issue. And so this is this is really an all hands on deck moment for conservatives, for the entire pro-life movement, um, where we now have 50 state battles and we're gonna be having 50 state conversations. And it's hard because many people haven't really thought about these issues or haven't really thought about the nuances or you know this specific circumstance because you know, Roe shut down the conversation. That's exactly right. Um, and so that's what I think it needs to be also known is that we are three months out, 100 days out from the Dobbs decision. We have nearly 15 states, Texas being one of them, where abortion is nearly illegal in every circumstance. We have over 24 states where it's highly restricted. There are going to be an estimated 200,000 children 
who are going to be born this year, the next few months, many of whom had a death date. Yeah. I mean, this is a significant victory that I don't think we've, we've fully appreciated. But I also think we have to understand we have this momentum. The, the, the battleground is, you know, the playing field even is, is on us. The, the question isn't if we're going to protect children and women from the predatory abortion industry. The question is, when are we going to do it? And this is a battlefield that, uh, or a playing field that the abortion industry, they can't win on. It, I, I think of it as like, a, I was in Dallas at the, the, the Cowboy Stadium, their practice stadium. And I was thinking, oh, this is so, it's so great is we get to decide in our states, where do we start? What yard line do we start at to get us to the goal to get the goal where abortion is completely unthinkable and un unavailable in each of our states. And in some states, you know, we're going to be all the way in the red zone. We're going to be on the other opposite end of the field trying to make that progress. Um, but that's that's where we're at. And so this is actually a historic moment that I think we should all be excited about and excited about the, the progress that's already been made, but I think also the realistic about the challenges that we're going to see, about the conversations now we are finally going to have with the majority of Americans uh, and the work that we have to set ourselves upon. Well, no, look, I mean, you're absolutely right, because it, it was sort of a non-starter, right? I mean, and people, we were working on the life issue, but the, but Roe versus Wade was always there to for you to run up against and say, there's, you know, look, there's there's this big court decision here. There's a limit to what you can do. And there was really this superior position, if you will. It's a constitutional right. That's a strong position to be in. That's no longer the case. And so while that puts us in a very strong position to continue to save babies, uh, over 50,000 yeah. babies, if not more, we estimate have been saved since the Texas heartbeat law went into effect. Now that Roe versus Wade has been overturned, we have our Human Life Protection Act, which is um, a complete ban of abortion in the state of Texas. It's a lot of life saves. That's why, you know, look, we, we hope we see more states do what Texas has done, allocating $100 million dollars to the Alternatives to Abortion Fund. That is funding that goes to pregnancy centers. There's over 300 of them in the state of Texas doing wonderful work to meet the needs of mothers and babies and their families. And uh, it's come under attack though. I mean, the state legislature is gonna meet in Texas in January, that funding's gotta be renewed. And so a lot of people that are trying to take shots at it, but a lot of great work has been done. And that's the work we need to continue to do. We need to realize as you point out, more babies are being born. We gotta be ready to uh, protect them, to support them and show them that love. We're talking with Kristen Hawkins. She is the president of Students for Life of America and Students for Life of America of Action. Look, there's some big, um, races in November, particularly governor's races. Okay. The governor's yeah. race in Texas is starting to heat up. You got a pro-life governor, um, Greg Abbott, you've got a pro-abortion, um, candidate Beto O'Rourke. You look at Arizona, that's a big governor's race. I don't know what the numbers latest are in Florida with DeSantis. And I don't even know who's running against them, but I imagine there'll be a lot of attention around some of those races. And I, you look, mm -hmm. I see someone like Beto coming. He's been, he continues to talk about, he couldn't make it any more clear how much of an uh, abortion supporter he is. Oh, yeah. uh, Cecile I mean, Richards, maybe, I think, was Maybe he should just events. start committing abortions. Maybe he'll, in his next campaign ad, he'll be like committing an abortion. Like that's literally the only thing more he could do is actually start dismembering babies himself. I mean, that's how extreme their work is on abortion. 
Yeah, there's no there. I mean, they're not anywhere close. You know, when you look at the difference. Honestly, I probably shouldn't have said that because I probably will give him a good. That'll be an idea for him. He'll probably consider it. I shouldn't have said that. Well, and and I mean, this is a reality people need. And and this is sort of an indicative of what we see some of this pushback coming Mm -hmm. from the folks on the other side, the pro-abortion side, because, you know, I mean, they might have anticipated it to some degree, but I don't think they really thought it was going to happen. They didn't really think Roe versus Wade was going to be overturned. And so now they find themselves in this position and they've become very hostile. We know they've um, we've had people that have been murdered. I mean, it's it's gotten really serious in some situations where we've seen this violence towards people that are pro-life. Um, yeah. I know it's something you've talked I'm about. I'm very concerned about, you know, Biden's weaponizing of the Department of Justice. You know, we have this the news that came out last night that the FBI has arrested more peaceful pro-life protesters. And, you know, um, you know, there are those who are who are anti-abortion, who have violated the law, who have stood in front of an abortion facility, you know, where they're not supposed to violate law. And we can ask whether or not that law is constitutional anyway. Um but it's been very interesting to see the DOJ go back uh, and start arresting people uh, for what they say is a violation of, of the FACE Act when we don't have any arrests of the you know more than 90 churches and pregnancy centers who were bombed, who were vandalized uh, this summer, even though we know uh, who some of the groups are because they oh, yeah. take credit for on social they media. They have. They've been public about it. Yeah, absolutely. And so the question is, what is going on here? You know, if you're going to go back to two years ago and start arresting people who somebody said was too close to an abortion clinic door when they were praying, and I don't know what the truth is on that situation if I wasn't there, but if you're going to arrest somebody for that and try to charge them with a federal crime, why haven't we seen arrests from these violence? I mean, these have been these have been fire bombings. I actually had to hire for the first time in 16 years. I now have full time armed security guards at our headquarters. I have to travel with armed two armed security guards anytime I'm on a campus now. Me, just me. Um, it's it's unbelievable what we've seen and now the precautions that we have to take because we can't trust uh, that that the police will protect us in some of these circumstances. When we were at the Supreme Court, Jonathan, the day the Dobbs decision came down, I had to pay more than 15 security officers to be there to protect us because I couldn't even rely on the police officers that they would come to our need. Our oh, no, look, you're absolutely right. I've been in those circumstances before. If you don't have someone that you have paid dedicated to you, um, you cannot assume that local law enforcement yeah. will look out for you. We've had that circumstance happen before. We learned our lesson a few years ago, but but it's not right. And, and, and that's not even a statement. And I, I want to make this clear. That is not even a statement on the police force because sure. because it's the higher ups. You know, like two years ago, I had two students arrested for sidewalk chalking on a public sidewalk. And we had police officers who were like, you know, we have been told we must do this from the mayor's office, you know, and so it's coming from higher ups. And I think that there's real questions that need to be asked here. And this is a scary state uh, for pro-lifers to be. Our students have had urine thrown on them. Our fetal models have been beheaded. Our signs have been stolen and destroyed. And that's just in the first two weeks of us being on campuses this semester. Well, look, it, I mean, a lot of that, though, speaks to the value of students on campus. You know this. I was involved in a student group when I was in law school. We sued the University of Houston for our free speech rights. 
thankfully we won. At one point, I was the only member of the group. Students were, I mean, they were nervous. I mean, they they were getting yeah. threatened to get kicked out of school. And so, however, there's value to seeing it through. Tell us what students can be doing and why this time is so important for them to get involved. It's absolutely critical that you get involved right now because you have to realize as a student, your voice is, is actually more powerful than my voice or Jonathan's voice. You can speak directly to your peers about what is going on inside of abortion facilities. You can speak that truth. You can use logic and science that's already there that definitively proves that these children are living human beings that have full personhood rights. You can change their minds. And so I would encourage folks to join the Students for Life group, start a Students for Life group, um, host an event, host a pro-life speaker on your campus, uh, do a Cemetery of Innocence display where you use Crosses are flags to represent children who are aborted every day by Planned Parenthood or broadly through through all the abortion facilities in our country. Bring awareness to the fact. The number one thing you can do is continue to talk about this issue. Yeah. The abortion industry wants all of us to shut up. That's what they loved Roe versus Wade. They would say, they said for 49 years that abortion was a decided issue and that we should have no place to talk about it. Yeah. And we knew it wasn't a decided issue. We, the only reason we saw Roe versus Wade reverse was because we refused to be silent and we got to work strategically to get to the place where we could reverse Roe versus Wade. Now we're looking at achieving our ultimate agenda, which is making abortion un unavailable and unthinkable across our land. But the only way we get from here to there is if we refuse to be silent and we get active. Yeah, look, this is one of the most important issues people can be talking about, as I say all the time. It is a life and death issue. It is a part of the foundation of our country, the right to life being guaranteed. This is what our founders were about, and it continues to be so important. It continues to distinguish us from so many other countries across the world, and so there's so much value to that. Um, if you want to connect with Kristen, her Twitter is at Kristen Hawkins. That's with an A, Kristen with an A, mm -hmm. at Students for Life. Their website is studentsforlife.org. Kristen, so great to see you. Good to spend some time with you. And thank you for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thanks for having me. And thanks for all you do. Looking forward to working with you this legislative session. Amen. Well, it's good to catch Kristen. She travels a lot more than I do. I, most of my travel is in Texas. And so, but I know she's going across the country. Wonderful team that she has across the country doing great work. As I talked about when I was a student, I got involved in this issue. I sued my law school to protect the free speech rights of the pro-life group I was leading because um, we were having them denied. We weren't being treated fairly. This is an issue that students can get involved in. And one of the reasons I was involved in that lawsuit is because we wanted to have an event where we educated people about the issue because young people are talking about this issue almost more than any other issue that you'll see talked a lot about in the media. And so there's great value to that. So studentsforlife.org, you can check out their website. You can check out our website, txvalues.org. And we're going to be putting up the highlights from our policy event pretty soon with the um, the two different panels where we had someone for Students for Life, Sarah Czar. Uh, Kristen Hawkins was going to make it. She had a, uh, a change um, at the last minute. So one of her members of our team, Sarah Czar, came in, was on that panel. We also had a great panel on the, um, we have two panels. Uh, day one, we had um, Father Frank Pavone from Priest for Life. We had Mark Lee Dixon, who goes around Texas in the country, um, passing ordinances that create sanctuary cities for the unborn. We also had 
Abigail Bora for John, from John Paul II Life Center, a nonprofit pro-life pregnancy center and really almost uh, medical and almost hospital level facility. Um, Arena Grosu was helpful with that as well as um, John Siegel was on one of our panels. I'm forgetting the other panel on that part one, but we'll be putting it up uh, soon. And so you'll be able to see some of the information in the wonderful conversations that were had on that. These are just some of the many reasons why you should consider supporting us. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and you can donate to us today at txvalues.org. Speaking of the importance of candidates, finding out where they are on some of these issues, we have a wonderful event coming up on October 18th. This is at Prestonwood Baptist Church in the Plano area. I think it borders on Denton and Collin County. There'll be candidates there from Dallas County. I think over 40 candidates have confirmed that they're going to be a part of this event. It's one of the largest events of its type um, in the state every year. We are so grateful that, again, we're partnering with Prestonwood, our great friend Ron Kelly, the pastor there, Jack Graham, and I believe my good friend Dan Panetti and I are going to be leading sort of emceeing that event. And we always have fun with that, but great information is going to be there. You want to meet these candidates, meet them in person, ask them the questions, talk to them about these issues, uh, communicate with them how important the pro-life issue is. That's on October 18th. I believe the event is free. I don't I don't think there's a, an admission charge. I'll check that, but check our website, txvalues.org for information about the event. Um, check Preston Woods uh, Baptist Church their website. You can find information about there. We do want people to register. So we have sort of an accounting of who's coming and we know about how many people to expect, but um, I'll check on that. I'm not sure that there is an admission charge. And so I think it's about a two or two and a half hour event. It's in the evening. So and you're going to get great information October 18th. That's Tuesday, October 18th at Prestonwood Baptist Church. Another event that we're involved in, actually two more events in the Dallas area. Did you see that our gala our 10th anniversary gala, and we have one every year, but this is one's going to be special. 10th anniversary, it's going to be on November 11th. That's a Friday evening. Um, that is going to be at the Weston Galleria right there at 635 in the Dallas North Tollway at the, near the Galleria Mall, a wonderful facility. And Kaylee McEnany is going to be our speaker. She is the former White House press secretary. She has an incredible pro-life testimony. I mean, look, this administration was very focused on putting people on the U.S. Supreme Court that would have an accurate ruling of how to handle the abortion issue, which resulted in Roe versus Wade overturning. Three Supreme Court justices. And I'm certain that Kaylee would tell you the same, that that was a big part of the goal. And that's an incredible part of her legacy. Um, in the role that she was in for uh, the White House press secretary for President Trump, she also had some other influential positions I believe she's a Harvard Law graduate. She's got a book coming out. She is phenomenal. I mean, some of the work she's done in her legacy and history, but she talks about how this was so much about her Christian faith. That's what this was about. These were places that her faith was leading her, and she was also in a position to make a huge difference on some pertinent issues, excuse me, some of the most important issues of our time. And I'm going to be running out of time in just a minute here. If I, if you missed anything I said, go to our website, txvalues.org, to find out some of that information that we've been talking about. We're going to be putting up some of the highlights from the panels from our policy event, which was wonderful. I had a great time and had, a you know, the two days, it, it's exhausting, right? There's a lot of effort. There's a lot goes into it, but it was well worth it. We had a tremendous turnout. We had tremendous feedback. And we had some wonderful speakers, some for the first time, that got to experience the event and connect with our folks. Well, we'll have some highlights that we're going to put up on social media on that uh, very soon. But I believe October 11th 
is the deadline to register to vote. Okay. So you may might be thinking, well, I mean, there aren't a lot of people that haven't registered to vote. That's true. It's not an enormous amount, but keep this in mind. A lot of people have moved to Texas recently. Um, people move more often sort of when the own, within their own city or within their own state. Uh, my parents recently uh, moved to a different part of the state as they're sort of entering into a retirement phase. And so you may not realize that some of your friends or family uh, move recently and you need to register to vote again. You need to have your registration updated. And so, and that's something that churches can do. They can have registration uh, tables where, where you have voter registration. They can make announcements at church and let people know that there's a deadline to register to vote. All these different things. A lot more people have moved to Texas. And so make sure you're registered by October 11th and we can help you with that if you need to. Um, and if you need any any information about uh, the legality of that for churches, let us know too. We've got a great one pager on our website called Churches and Elections. We've got a video that's on YouTube. Um, I think I had a little less gray hair. It was about a year and a half ago. So you might like, is that Jonathan? Yeah, that's me. We may be doing an updated one, but we want to get that information out there. Churches and Elections. Go to YouTube, Texas Values Churches and Elections. You'll see the video. Check our website for that great and uh, important information that we want to make sure that you have um, as we, I mean, look, this is not a presidential year, but the governor's race is on the ballot, the lieutenant governor's race, um, Supreme Court justices, all the state commissions, all the statewide races are on the ballot. And there is a lot of talk about it. Um, the governor's race had a, uh, excuse me, a debate last week on Friday, a little bit of attention, probably not any surprises for people to sort of see the, the polar opposites or the, the wide differences between the two candidates. I posted something on my own personal social media about it. You can check that. But look, all this information we're doing, the work we're doing against Round Rock School District and a variety of other things, getting ready for the election and legislative session. We need your financial support. Our team is growing. We recently moved to um, add another office. I'll talk to you more about that later. But we, our collective budget's $2 million every year. Please consider supporting us financially. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Your donations help us protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.